This is Soccer City. The New York City Football Club earned a road point at Montreal on the weekend, a 1-1 draw against the Impact, a game heard live here on WNYE. And while a point on the road against a quality side is often looked at favorably, not so much when you are in the midst of this kind of a stretch, one victory to last nine matches for the boys from the Bronx. We'll have more on that with Dome Toron, the head coach, and striker Yu Inga Burgett. Also, a preview of the upcoming match at Minnesota with Jeff Ruder. He covers the Loons for The Athletic, and he's got some great insight on what to expect on Saturday in Minneapolis. Hello, everyone. This is Brady Molina from City in the Community Youth Leadership Council. We're here in Brooklyn today at a school called PS335. We're hosting an event with Beyond Sports. Hope you guys enjoy it. See ya. Wednesday, September the 12th, the Beyond Sport Awards. They were held in Brooklyn, as you heard. Beyond Sport is the global force for sustainable social change through sport. And I've got the master of ceremonies on that day with me right here in the studio, <laughs> Kwame King. Kwame, look at you. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How you doing, Glenn? Now, here's here's what you need to know about Kwame. He just bicycled 11.4 miles from home to meet me in this Midtown Manhattan studio to do this for everyone. Yeah. So thank you, Kwame. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Tell everybody who you are, first of all, what role you play in all this. Well, um, my name is Kwame King. I am. I was the master of ceremonies for the Beyond Sports event, and I'm also a community coach with NYCFC, um, going into five boroughs, helping out kids. I'm also on the Young Leader um, Leadership Council, excuse me. And you were a young leader. I, now, now you've uh, elevated I yourself. I have elevated, yes, yes, I have elevated myself to facilitator of the YLC. Um, and also now I'm, I'm also on the social media uh, digital team with NYCFC. So on, on Instagram with NYCFC, on game days, home game days, yeah. All right, man. Well, your uh, your life is packed. <laughs> now, on this particular day, can you uh, just uh, as best you can describe exactly what Beyond Sport uh, is? Why was this an important day? Well, Beyond Sport um, wanted to come into a community where they would like to broaden kids' minds on different type of sports. And so PS335, which... We had our soccer block um, in, um, and they came in and they wanted to, like I said, broaden the kids' minds of different sports. And so we had hockey, we had basketball, we had, of course, soccer, and then we also had another um, soccer program that was in in there too. Beyond sport is a is a is a global um, activity. So where, where... Um, yes, so sorry. So um, Beyond Sports United actually, it's a global brand and there's they have a office here in new york city but they are located in london they have different programs in like rwanda and uh united states here of course new york and london um africa uh asia and uh, wow. all over places yeah so all right really good, yeah. well uh, we had a couple of young leaders out, so we're going. To, we've already met uh, Brady yeah. through the introduction of this uh, particular segment, and he's got a little bit more for us now. Let's let's listen. Okay. Hello, everyone. We're here with Victor Victor Gutierrez. All right, Victor. Uh, what organization are you from? I'm the founder of Football Mass Foundation. Can you please explain to us what is your organization? 
Well, Football Math Foundation trying to inspire communities to address uh, a resilience process during three years through soccer. So we mainly play with two curriculas, one for kids with 10 life skills that we work during these three years, and another curricula for the community, training youth leaders and preparing like directives for sustain the program after the third year. Alright, and then are you ex are you enjoying your organization? Are you? Yes, yes. Well, I have been ten years on this, so I have been enjoying yeah, a lot. Yeah, the group, the growth. Like we started in Chile, and now we are in eight countries in three continents. We work with fifteen thousand uh, kids. Uh, we are enjoying this. We are enjoying beyond sport as well, because we are part of a community. Yeah, yeah. There are like hundreds of millions of kids that needs to improve their life skills. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. The better way to do it is with sports and games. All right. So a great interview by Brady. Uh, Football Mass Foundation. The word that uh, comes out all the time and all the times we've discussed and things uh, about city and the community and, and all the different things, uh, wonderful things that are going on, inspire. That's, that's the word uh, I hear mostly. And that's kind of what the leaders are uh, are there for in some ways, right? Yes, absolutely. So we are here to inspire one kid at a time. Um, if we inspire one child, I think that is a in accomplishment. Um, I think it will be a great deal on that child. And then that child can grow to help others. So it's just like, pay, it's like a pay it forward type of situation where we help them and then they can help others all right well we have another young leader who oh. has been inspired along the way Najesli hernandez mm -hmm. and uh, she spoke to a couple of folks first uh, let's hear her first interview hello we're here with kyle mcquay and what are you, organization you're from i'm from the state university of new york and what is it about um, so we are the State uh, University Institution for New York State. Um, I'm specifically with the University of Albany, um, and I work for the Center for National Development, which is attached to the University of Albany. Are you having fun around here? I'm having a lot of fun, actually. It's been a lot, it rains, you know, coming in, but I think that's not going to matter. But it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. Anything have you learned from here? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's always uh, a lot of fun seeing what other organizations are doing and how they're interacting with the kids and stuff. And the reason why we're you know, partnering with uh, these organizations here is we're running a project in Haiti, um, doing similar work with after-school programs for kids, and so it's fun seeing um, what other organizations are doing and how we can learn from that. How many different organizations uh, were at this event represent? I mean, too many to count, or it was too give many us an approximate count. number? Um, I can say about 50 plus. Yeah, 50 plus. And, uh, were, and yeah. were they, uh, competing is the wrong word, but th yeah. it was an awards day. So how did that work with, within the framework of all these uh, different groups? Well, well, I was not a part of the awards. So the event was just a, a event for them to see what other organizations are doing. Right. Um, and so they, we had like a round robin um, four court and we rotated in between the four, four courts which we had soccer, two soccer programs, um, a hockey, and a basketball um, program. And so we just let them honestly see how we run a program. And honestly, everybody had a wonderful time. Even though it rained, 
and people were kind of scared for the rain a little bit yeah but yeah. a majority of people had fun in the rain and we were just having fun so, even with the kids as well well and so there were some kids yes. there and uh Najesli, let's uh, this next one she spoke to a couple of them oh. hello so here we're here with anaya and yeah. jada how are you enjoying it so far? It's very fun, and we're learning different things. So yeah. I'm having fun because I'm learning games I never played. What have you learned so far? I learned how to play hockey and how to pass balls to how to pass balls in soccer. Do you believe this like um, having you giving you leadership in the community? You think it's helping you out? I think leadership is really helping us out. It's because like some of us we might not have like di- like we have, we uh, we might have different communication with other people. So like we could tell like like how to communicate and stuff, not by violence, by peace and stuff. <laughs> by peace and stuff. Peace Wami. and stuff. <laughs> well, no no better way to uh, end that little uh, interview. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. That was uh, so. There were a lot of a lot of kids there as well. So yeah, we incorporated um, PS three three five fifth graders, and then we also had a, a new school that were, was a part of that. Um, it was a middle school that is in that building as well, and it's called the Brooklyn Green School. Um, and so both principals and kids were up there, and the, they had an incoming sixth graders, and so the, the sixth graders and fifth graders. Um, joined the adults and played with the adults and got to meet new people and spoke to them and from different backgrounds. It was really, really, really great to see um, the community and other people uh, talk to each other. So it was really good. Well, the final interview is from Brady, and uh, this was another group that was there, two young ladies, and uh, they were enjoying themselves. Hello, we're here with... Nikia Navarro from Positive Tracks. And, and Nini Meyer from Positive Tracks. Woo! Woo! Let's go. Yeah. All right. Uh, are you enjoying this so far? Loving oh, every oh. second. All we do is play. Yes. So, yes. Yes. Right yes. Up our alley. yes. Yeah. What she said. All right. Yes. How'd you get involved with your program or organization? Well, um, we help any young person work on behalf of any issue or any cause that they identify using any sport. And there are lots and lots of issues in this world that need to be addressed and lots of really fun sports to play. So we get behind young people and teach them how to mobilize using whatever they want to do. Yep. All right. Uh, how did you get involved with this? She hired me. She's the founder. <laughs> Right. Yes, and I was like, I get to make change with kids? Bring it on. <laughs> so uh, what can you tell me about the, those two ladies, the kind of energy they have? Um, so one thing I remembered about this event was it was actually three ladies, but um, I guess that uh, she didn't get an interview. Um, but these three ladies had the most energy out of everybody there. It was so great to see because it was like I was trying to hype up the crowd and everybody's like, yeah. And then then they came and it was like, yeah. And so they was just like hyping up everybody, getting everybody engaged and having fun. And like I went over there and and spoke to some of them. They was like, yeah, you need to come to Boston and like try to help us out in our group. And I was like, yeah, no, I get it. But, you know, I have unfinished business here in New York. So. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, uh, I've been with uh, Kwame King. Yes. 
the yeah. master of ceremonies <laughs> at the uh, Beyond Sport, uh, which was uh, a couple of weeks yeah. ago yes, uh, in Brooklyn. Great event. Kwame, you're doing great things. Thank this you so won't much. be your last appearance uh, on Soccer City, so I thanks for coming wait. in. Thanks for, thanks for biking in, man. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Glenn. I appreciate it. Well, on uh, Saturday, WNYE was in Montreal, where New York City FC and the Impact finished with a 1-1 draw. A better performance on the road for the boys in blue, who had been struggling to find their form away from Yankee Stadium. But they are still searching for wins. Here's New York City head coach Dome Toron. When you are able to win the, the game, like a coach, uh, you have a reason. If not uh, able to, to win the game, the people has uh, a lot of uh, doubts about, about, uh, about the team, about me, about... That is normal. But when I say many times uh, we are in the best way, on the way, uh, the way to try to win something, is because uh, I believe in that. I believe uh, if you want to play the playoff, you can play away in that way. Not in the, the last uh, three or four performance away. It's, uh, I repeat, Toronto, even Toronto, Orlando, uh, Philadelphia, Columbus. Uh, it's not possible to, to try to, uh, to win the MLS if you play uh, away like the, uh, the four games. Yeah. Well, now, one of those away games Toronto mentioned was at Toronto. That was a 3-2 to two victory on August the 12th. That's the last time New York City has won a match. You play the last uh, nine games and we were able to win one. You have to win, but uh, the last game, uh, the next game, sorry, we have to win. I know, and the, uh, my players uh, know uh, how important it is to win in, in, no, in soccer, in, in, espo- in the sport in general. Uh, the first step is uh, to try to play well. The second step is to, to try to win. So it was the second step on Wednesday against Chicago? Wednesday, uh, I think so. I think so. Uh, we need to, to win the game, especially for our fans, and especially because they deserve to win a game, uh, because they play much better the, than the opening in the last few games. All right, City's in the middle of a three-match, seven-game swing on Wednesday at Yankee Stadium against the struggling Chicago Fire. A New York City win will clinch a playoff spot for City. A Chicago loss essentially eliminates the Fire from postseason consideration. The Norwegian U. Ingeberget, fear the beard, he returned to the starting lineup in Montreal after a three-match injury absence. It was an important point, but what we're missing the last the last games is a win so so it feels a little bit it, it, it was a good game and we got a good point but still we we didn't get the win that we we came here for and uh, and it's it's been a while now since we since we last won a game and we we, we really want to win so so uh, that's the good thing about the, the tight schedule match we, we got a new game and on wednesday well, Burgett uh, did not get credit for the lone score against the impact but he hassled Montreal defender Rudy Camacho into an own goal. And that's one of just four goals scored by New York City over the last six matches, a team that had scored over two goals per game over the first two-thirds of the season. You win games if you score goals. It's, it's as easy as that. If you, if you score many goals each game, you're most likely going to win, win many games. And uh, and uh, these last games, we, we haven't really, re- really scored. Uh, we created loads of chances, maybe not today, but to the the last games, and we just can't get it back in the net. But we know with the with the quality of the players we have here that it, it's gonna come. It's just it's just about 
giving that extra 5% and, and that little bit of luck as well. And, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to come. And, and, and when they do, they, hopefully they're going to come for, for, for all of us. Curiously, Toronto left the club's co-leader in goals scored this season, Ismail Tajiri Shradi out of the starting 11 against Montreal. Shradi, uh, along with David Villa, with 11 goals. He was a 71st-minute substitute. Teron said Burgett played a role in that decision. When you play, uh, you can play long ball if you want. He has the, the quality to, to set the ball and to keep the ball for our team. And sometimes it's necessary to keep the ball. Uh, when you are in trouble, you can play long ball with Joe. With another players, you can... You, you have to play a little bit different. All right, so what happens next? This one against Chicago may fall into the must-win category as New York City, third place in the Eastern Conference, is fighting off the challenges of both Columbus and the Philadelphia Union. While in Montreal, Toronto did say he understands the situation. I'm, I'm happy, especially in the, the, the performance, our performance, not for the result, because after that, you know, the, the sport in general is, uh, is about the result. If you, if you win the game, you are a, a good coach. If you don't win the game, you are a bad coach. That is the sport in general. And I try to, to be a, a good coach. Hey, New York City against Chicago Wednesday. Airtime here on WNYE from Yankee Stadium, 645 for the pregame show with... Dome Tehran. That match will be followed by another one on the road Saturday in Minnesota. Jeff Reuter covers Minnesota United for The Athletic. He covers all things soccer. You've seen his byline for ESPN, The Guardian, Sky Sports, and 442. Jeff, welcome to Soccer City. How you doing? Doing well, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a, been a long time. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm coming off of your most recent story, actually, uh, which kind of stimulated the call. And I thought, yeah, let's let's talk Minnesota. The game's coming up on Saturday against New York City FC. And your story is kind of a reflection on Minnesota's 3-2 win over Portland. Uh, you use the word mercurial to describe their form. And uh, I, the word I might have chosen is enigma. They are an enigma. But regardless, you don't seem to always know what you're getting with Minnesota. Is that fair to say? Well, I think you could have said that, Glenn, probably up until about two months ago. And now you know exactly what you're getting from Minnesota, whether depending on if they're playing at home or on the road. <laughs> and I, I think that that's the uh, the big difference right now. That's the, the great equalizer. And the reason that Minnesota United is, I mean, frankly, already out of postseason contention with a month to go. Uh, right now, Minnesota is averaging two points a game when they're playing at TCF Bank Stadium, the Gopher Football Stadium, in their temporary venue until the new stadium opens in 2019. And they're averaging less than 0.4 points per game. They have just five away points, if I remember correctly, uh, over the duration of the season so far. Um so you're catching Minnesota this year, uh, not at Yankee Stadium, which means that they're going to be uh, able to put up more of a challenge to uh, Trent and the rest of the team. All right, so the home record is 9-4-1 and one on the road, and, and this is to reinforce your point. The road record is one, one win, 12 losses, two draws, and the goal differential is minus 22 minus on the 22. road. My, that's, that's, uh, it, that looks like a misprint. No, yeah, and I mean, especially when you consider that the one away win this year came in Orlando. Uh, with all things that are going on in Orlando right now, that's not exactly a footnote that they'd like me to add. But um, no, minus 22. You know, it, it's, it's everything that you remember from those first four games 
uh, on national TV oh, against yeah. Portland Timbers, against Atlanta United. There's no Norwegian center back to to kind of hang the, uh, the the sign on around the neck um, quite this year. Uh, a lot of the issues, honestly, have come from the midfield. Uh, Minnesota United went through the vast majority of this season without a number six. Sam Cronin picked up a concussion in August last season. He's had a history of concussions from his time across MLS. He has not returned to action in over a year. But Minnesota United didn't see that as a reason to go out and get a number six in the offseason, or certainly one who could jump in right away. They brought in a young Brazilian loanee, Max Miano, um, from Fluminense, who was coming off of an ACL injury and couldn't start playing until May. They signed Fernando Bob, who is one of soccer's greatest names of all time. Um, but he he didn't join until mid-September, early September, and uh, both of them actually will be suspended for the game against NYCFC. So you're facing a Minnesota team that's playing with two number eights in a double pivot, most likely, or three number eights in a three-man midfield. Now, another guy missing uh, who uh, was traded a while ago now, and I'm curious as to uh, what the current state of mind uh, of the supporters is with uh, Christian Ramirez gone to LAFC. Social media at at that point had a a real negative bent. What's the reality of how his departure impacted the community? Uh, Talking with supporters, so Minnesota United – I mean, for those who don't know, they came up from the NASL. Before the NASL, they played in various names and various iterations in various lower leagues dating back all the way to the 1980s. So there's really this kind of tight-knit community of fans, of supporters, who have gone from team to team to league to league, wondering if their team is going to fold, getting really attached to these players, the players reaching out in return, uh, incredibly close-knit. Christian Ramirez was a big part of that, signed with Minnesota United in 2014, linked up right away with Miguel Ibarra, when Ibarra was getting Jurgen Klinsmann's uh, call-ups, and it ended up becoming just a, a really symbiotic relationship. Ramirez was one of the first guys to volunteer to do um, community relations things, go out, do events at sports shops, at Applebee's, at Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, at all these just random junkets that most players who start would probably want to sit out. Christian was out there doing those. And so the fans, naturally, when you also tack on the fact that he scored 14 goals in 2017 – uh, we're miffed, uh, certainly to say the least, that Minnesota will go ahead and trade him. Um, I think for the most part, fans have started to accept that this is just the way it is. Certainly the game where Christian got a brace uh, teaming up with Carlos Vela uh, with LAFC kind of put some salt in those wounds again. But I think for the most part, they're just trying to look forward, trying to see what is Minnesota going to do this winter and beyond with all the allocation money, $800,000 that they got from LAFC. What is Angel Rodriguez, the essentially replacement who was brought in before they traded Ramirez, the 29-year-old Colombian designated player? What is he going to do for them? And uh, early returns on that front are not promising. But I think Minnesota at this point, uh, the fan base at least, is just looking to see what Manny Lagos and company will do this offseason to rectify everything in the attack and the defense. We're talking to Jeff Reuter. He covers Minnesota United for the Athletic New York City FC, uh, traveling to the Midwest for a Saturday uh, matchup with uh, with United. Uh, the, I want to get back to the, the home field advantage and the artificial surface, or just this, this field that uh, will only be used for the remainder of this season as uh, Allianz Field's going to be ready for 2019, right? But, but first, before we get to Allianz, the... Uh, 
in your story today, you talk about how the artificial surface, the Minnesota players and opponents seem to feel that that's a, maybe one of the reasons the loons have done so well at home. Yeah, I think it's a big reason. Um, you're not seeing many teams that still have the, uh, uh, the artificial surface <laughs> these days. Obviously, any new stadium comes in and it's grass, right? Uh, but the Gopher football stadium, the, the turf is very much made for college football. It means that it's more catering to players who need extra grip for strength. You know, it, it's a very different type of turf for playing surface. Certainly isn't that ideal for uh, a soccer team. So if you're looking at how opponents have fared, I mean, Kaká didn't make the trip when Orlando came last season. Uh, Boston Feinsteiger didn't come when Chicago came through. Diego Valeri, Diego Chara. Both were rested this past weekend. Carlos Vela didn't make the trip when LAFC came. You're seeing a lot of teams that look at that and say, okay, this is a possible red flag. I could see where a player, especially a more agile player or an older player, could do themselves on this turf. That's, I mean, just in general, one of the poorer playing surfaces right now uh, in Major League Soccer and say that's the day that we're going to give them off and we're not going to risk it. We're going to bring on someone who's healthier, who's younger, who's hungrier for minutes, give them a chance. But it also means that those players won't know how to read the bounces. They won't quite understand how the speed works on TCF Bank Stadium. And as Eric Miller, the, uh, the right back from Minnesota United, uh, told me after the game, sometimes it takes 45 minutes for an opponent to figure that out. And if you look at how that timed out, Minnesota went in a halftime up 3-0. Portland scored two in the second half, and that's all the cushion that they needed. And that sort of comeback has happened two, three, four times against Minnesota United this season. But... It's something that they've certainly taken advantage of, and obviously it's something that they won't miss. <laughs> they'll, they'll be happy to see that turf go with Allianz Field opening next year uh, with a natural grass surface. Yeah, Gio Savarese was real happy with that uh, three-goal deficit at halftime. Uh, <laughs> for those who haven't seen, the uh, Nat Borchers, the former uh, Timbers center back, is uh, now a pundit, and he did the halftime interview. Uh, this is the, I think it's the quote of the year. Thanks, Gio. <laughs> As he, after he curses and says about five or six words, turns and sprints back to the locker room. Well, regardless, that's where New York City's going. And then you think of David Villa, 36 years old. He's had some knee issues this year. You wonder, you wonder how that might play out for New York City. Are, are they thinking the same uh, where you live? I, I mean, that's something I suggested in the piece for uh, yesterday uh, as well about the turf. David Villa is the prime kind of player that you could see them saying, look, October is going to be a massive month for NYC. Still in the playoff hunt, need to be able to get that momentum building. Uh, we're going to give him the day off, and we're going to try out, you know, someone else to enter home. So you, you know, you'll find somebody who's going to be able to lead that line. And there, to be fair, been a lot of kind of rotational forwards who have done well in glimpses for NYCFC, and maybe this is the chance to give them a look, you know. And so I, I could certainly see where the uh, the Spanish legend is given a bit of rest. That said. <laughs> From what I know about his personality, and certainly you would know it better, you could also see him saying, look, this game's too important. This is probably my final season here. I want to make every game count. So no, he we'll would be, he he'll be upset if he's not playing <laughs> in that game. And, uh, but there's a midweek yeah. game against Chicago coming up as well. Hey, one final thought uh, away from both uh, Minnesota and New York City FC. Uh, Charles Bohm, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, just wrote something for MLSsoccer.com regarding Oscar Perea, the uh, FC Dallas coach, who uh, he says, Bohm says uh, in his uh, column, and he, and he got it from uh, a couple of Spanish outlets, I think, in Dallas, 
that uh, Perea has interviewed for the U.S. men's national team position. What are your thoughts? When you look at the MLS coaches who've been linked with that job, hypothetically, you know, that list usually consists of Peter Vermees, Greg Berhalter, some people will throw in Caleb Porter. Um, I think Pereja is uh, it's a good shout. You know, I, I think that he's more flexible than a Berhalter as far as the system goes, or, or Vermees for that matter as well. Both of those are very much attached to one brand uh, of footballing. And I think that with Oscar Pereja, he would be willing to kind of reinvent that based off of who's available in his player pool. He certainly isn't afraid to tap into the younger generation as well, to an extent. <laughs> I think that you see with the Kellen Acostas, you see it with the, the Walker Zimmerman, um, Richie Uloa at first, Carlos Grueso, some of these players who've been brought in into major roles uh, despite being younger. But then, I mean, I think one big mark against Dallas the last couple of years has been an unwillingness to play some more of the kids and continue to bring in, you know, middle-aged Belgians or bring in older um, Central American fullbacks. Obviously, you don't have that option if you're a national team coach. That's Jeff Reuter. Minnesota United beat writer for The Athletic. And that'll do it for Soccer City. Thanks so much for listening. Let's do it again next week. I'm Glenn Crooks, and have a great week of soccer.